Welcome, and thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning, where we present anatomy through a biblical lens. Prayer requests, which we like to start our show with, can be made at prayer at airratphysiology.com. Want to start with a benefit? The benefit of this podcast is very profound as we continue to relate anatomy with the Bible. Often opposed subject matters, we integrate them here. And by the end of this specific podcast, you're going to have a better understanding of how muscle adaptation occurs as I tell you the story of how I got into kinesiology. The mission of what we do, who we are, what we do, why we are here, and how we serve is to serve men between the ages of 20 and 40 who have ever felt persecuted over their God-given qualities through anecdotal experiences, experiences in life as well as the field of anatomy, and more importantly, the scholastic truth of the Bible, we teach how God's word impacts every facet of our lives. Today, we're going to do that through Genesis 8, 2 through 5. We are faced with a problem of societal influence outweighing biblical influence, which leads to our succumbing to the evil tactics intended to destroy us. It's a sad battle that we're in right now. And we serve brothers and thereby sisters with authenticity in the midst of our own change through our calling and ministry as teachers relating the often opposed subjects of anatomy and the Bible. Our website is erratphysiology.com. I've actually just purchased another donate domain, biblicalanatomy.com. Um, it'll run under our business, but that is our intention to take the topics of the Bible and topics of anatomy and bring them together so that everyone can see. So the story that I'd like to share with you today rewinds time back to the spring of 2013. In the spring of 2013, I ended my employment at a local telecommunications company. I started in the winter of 2005. It might have been six. I can't remember now. Um, it was seven years. So I guess that would have been five, right before 2006, January of 2006. Seven years later would have been January of 2013. February of 2013 in the early spring is when I ended my tenure there. I remember vividly the first year thinking this was the greatest job anyone could ever have. And I remember a specific individual that I worked with I said that one time and he said, well, don't hang around me very much because uh, I do not feel the same way and I don't want to rub off on you. Well, eventually there were a lot of people that felt the way that he did and that did rub, rub off on me. And by year two and particularly year three and beyond, I sunk into a deep depression. The darkest periods of my existence were probably during that time. Uh, later on, about what would it have been 10 years later, something around there, I went through a divorce. And these times at this telecommunications company were darker than that even. So these were pretty bad times. And uh, it got me asking some really deep questions that many of us have asked when we're in those dark times. Like, what's the meaning of all this? Why are we here? And pretty early on, you hear about Jesus, you hear about God, and 
hopefully that leads to questioning on who God is, who Jesus is, and how that has anything to do with my purpose in life. Now, unfortunately for me, this was sort of a impetus towards those questions. And I did ask some of those questions, but I didn't dive into the answers like I wish I would have. It wasn't until probably 2017 that I really started to dive into those questions and seek uh, seek Jesus, seek God. But back to the spring of 2013, I ended my employment. I had gone back to school in the fall of 2012, managed to go to school basically full-time. I was in 10 undergraduate credits. 12 is considered full-time in most colleges. And I worked full-time at this telecommunications company. And as time went on, piling everything on, dark times that I'd had, uh, that had led me to go back to school, I knew that life had to be better than this. And I knew that there was something else out there for me. And I didn't really know exactly what it was, but I was sure going to try and find it. And early in the spring of 2013, as I was in my first 12 credit semester, my first full-time semester in college, I got hooked. I got hooked in the subject of anatomy and physiology, specifically kinesiology. And I really felt like this was the start of my new life and I was ready to let go of my old. And uh, maybe I'll share the story, perhaps I already have, I can't remember, of the day that I left the telecommunications company. But uh, that's not the point of today. The point of today is is what I did to start that new life, but more importantly, what I learned. And what I did to start that new life is what often we do. Think back to the times when I was happy. What do I enjoy as a kid? What did I want to be when I grew up? And like most young boys, I wanted to be a professional football player. And when freshman year of high school came around and I signed up for freshman football, not even weighing 100 pounds yet, I quickly learned that I wasn't going to be able to hang with these athletes that were more than twice my size. Uh, With physics, we learned that force equals mass times acceleration, and I learned that I certainly didn't have enough mass, and I didn't have the ability to produce enough acceleration to equal their force. And so I attended two or three games, never saw the field, and I quit. And I remember vividly in those years thinking, how cool would it be to just get one touchdown, catch a pass and take it for a touchdown? And then I thought, well, how cool would it be to catch one pass, period? And uh, I never had those opportunities. And I... I have myself to blame for quitting. I shouldn't have quit, it, quit but I did. Um, I guess I can hang my hat on that I caught one pass in practice one time. <laughs> and I was so worried about how pummeled I was going to get, I immediately caught and went to the ground. So I think we got about five yards on that play. But uh, anyways, that hung with me for a number of years. And during my time at the telecommunications company, I started training. I was a very late bloomer. Puberty was like 15 years old for me. And uh, I didn't start putting on weight until after high school. I graduated high school at about 115, 120 pounds. And uh, 
Took me a while to get to 135. I remember that being a milestone. Took me a while to get to 150. I remember that being a milestone. 185, I remember that being a milestone. And sometime just before 185 uh, was this period of my life, spring of 2013. And so I'd learned sort of the application on how to put on mass, uh, but I wanted to know the science of why. And so when I transferred from my associate's degree uh, to Boise State University in the fall of 2012, which I think was one or two years before their last Fiesta Bowl when they played, um, was it TCU? I can't remember now. I might be uh, mixing those games up, but nevertheless, uh, I I transferred in, had an idea that I wanted to study kinesiology. I'd got a personal training uh, certification that summer before and uh, thought I was on to something. And it was about the beginning of the spring of 2013 semester that I realized I was truly on to something. I'm a very stubborn individual, and I recall learning that there were energy systems related to exercise. There's what's called the phosphagen system, there's what's called the glycolytic system, and there's what's called the um, aerobic system. They all three go by different names depending on the textbook you read, but those are probably the most common names. And I remember reading that you know you could only lift at a certain intensity uh, based on percentages uh, for a certain duration of time. That was sort of the uh, physiology of it. And I remember thinking, yeah, no, this is a crock. And so I immediately left class and I went to the gym and I started trying to prove theories that I'd learned incorrect. And it was a humbling experience because science won every single time. And to this day, I have a different view on science than I once did, but I was very inspired by that, uh, very motivated to learn more. And each time I'd learned something that I just wasn't quite sure about, I'd perform my own study and I'd go to the gym and I'd train in a certain way and try and get those results I found in textbooks to be disproven. And I never could. And so over time, the textbooks gained validity the professors who taught me the material within the textbooks gained validity, and I continued to put on weight and put on strength. Uh, at my peak, I was 230 pounds. I, I mean peak in terms of uh, the most mass I had. I think I probably felt the best around 215 or so, which is about where I'm at now. I'm down to about 220. Um, but strength was excellent. It was, it was going through the roof. I was approaching 500 pound squats. I was approaching 500 pound deadlifts and I was approaching 300 pound bench presses. Um, this last year at probably 225 pounds, I finally broke over a 300 pound bench press. And I attest this all to my drive and determination. Part of that stemming from negative experiences in high school being so skinny and uh, and whatnot, but I also attribute it to the academics and the knowledge that I've acquired over time. And so during this spring of 2013, learning these lessons, I also sought to get into coaching. And I picked the sport of football because I love it dearly. And I started trying to help 
as a strength and conditioning coach, athletes that were small, like I was, and helping them put on weight. And there's story after story I could tell about individuals putting on 40, 50, 60 pounds uh, with me during their time in high school. And uh, I actually had an athlete reach out to me a couple months ago to ask me for book recommendations on furthering his knowledge in relation to kinesiology. And bless his heart, his email started, I'm not sure if you remember me, and goodness gracious, of course I remember him. I like to think I remember all my athletes, and uh, I cherish my time that I've had with them and cherish them reaching back out in the future. I wish they all did. And uh, perhaps if I was better at social media, I would be able to get in contact with all of them, but, uh, but I'm not. So anyways, breaking into that new field, going from that telecommunications company to a full-time college student and into coaching was a tremendous impact on my life. And Genesis 8, 2 through 5 really is the genesis of this organization, this company, Ararat Physiology that we've created. It gets its name from this part of scripture. And the whole point of Ararat and Ararat physiology is, yes, one, to apply a biblical term, Ararat. But if you think about what happened in Genesis 8 as the floodwaters subsided, it's a new beginning. It's a new beginning for Noah and his family. In 2013, really was a new beginning for me. And I could continue on and go tell stories of years to come and feel like there's some new beginnings there. Um, but apart from my baptism and my coming to Christ in 2017, 18, 19, 20, that three or four year period, 2013 was the biggest new shift in my life, the biggest new opportunity uh, that I was able to seize. Uh, if you're like me, you're very risk averse. And oftentimes you're not willing to quit that job or you're not willing to go into that new field uh, because fear is keeping you down. And for a moment, I'd just like to encourage you to take that leap of faith because fear, even though there's a healthy fear of God, oftentimes fear is something that I think the devil uses to keep us down. And, and I, speaking from experience, I'm almost certain that that's what he was doing with me. I still feel fear to this day. Recording this podcast makes me fearful. Working on our website of our new website design today makes me fearful. Creating courses and products makes me fearful. What if nobody buys them? What if your nose is plugged up during the podcast and people can't understand you correctly? All sorts of things. But I've learned, mainly beginning in 2013, that I need to take a leap of faith. And I need to try these things. And so that's what I'm doing with this business, and that's what I've learned since 2013. So for a moment before we continue, let me read for you Genesis 8, verses 2 through 5 in the Bible, because that's what matters most. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated, and in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the 10th month, and in the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. 
Ararat. You can look up Mount Ararat where its location is. Uh, it's Turkey, borderline Turkey, and I forget the the uh, neighboring country. Um, but there's a mountain range through there, which clearly, as they're saying, mountains, plural, uh, they're referring to that mountain range. And what a sight that had to have been to rest in the ark on that mountain, whichever particular mountain it was in that range, and to look out at this new world that was slowly being exposed by the new waters or the the new land being shed through the waters. And so that's the first part of application that I take from this uh, is the waters themselves. And specifically where it says the waters had abated. And if you look up abated, it it means sort of uh, receding, but receding in relationship to a very uh, difficult thing like the waters bashing against the ark. And I'm sure you can relate that to your life. I certainly can myself. Those times that I talked about earlier at that telecommunications company were were dark, very dark. Uh, things that I thought in my head I would never want to repeat on this podcast for the worry that that might be the first time that you've heard something that dark and that, that now that is woven its way into your, to your mind. Um, so in, in the way that I'm trying to end generational sin and generational torment as it's not passed on to my daughters, uh, same to you and same to anyone I impact in my life. I want to tell the story that I have to inspire people, but by no means do I want to propagate sin or continue sin. So the analogy that I'm willing to give you is that the waters abating, yes, there were times where they were receding, but it was during the midst of some incredibly difficult times. I remember uh, many sessions of therapy. I, I There's many sessions of therapy that I don't remember. I remember party after party after party, just trying to kind of dull the pain and uh, keep myself occupied. I was incredibly lonely. When there were brief periods of time that I wasn't with somebody else, a friend or otherwise, I was incredibly dark and incredibly lonely. I, I remember spending uh, times in my walk-in closet on the floor just bawling just wondering why I was even there. Just so dark and so lost that uh, I didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. And today, I thank God for his patience. You know, everything's obvious to him. Uh, He is the alpha and the omega. He understands everything beginning to end. And, uh, you know, the patience he would have to have to sit me, see me, tormenting myself all those nights, all those times in the midst of the route that I would pull during the day and the work that I would do. Told a story not too long ago about a lady who sent me a book and how that impacted me. The patience is absolutely incredible. If I were able to, I would have wanted to reach down, shake the person and, and wake them up. Um, but I'm thankful for being here. I'm thankful for the patience and I'm thankful for the opportunity to grow continually in life. Our tomorrow isn't guaranteed at all. 
And so I'm so humbled and so thankful that so many tomorrows were guaranteed for me and they were able to be lived out so that I could learn lessons like what I'm sharing today. And then the art came to rest. Well, the art coming to rest to me is is when I, it's like when I learned about coaching and I had so much pain towards my childhood trauma and so much pain towards not being good enough and example after example. You know, I, I mentioned before that I started early on thinking that if my own mother couldn't love me, if she abandoned me, then who could possibly love me? And I was unable to see all the good things and the compliments in life. But, you know, as soon as I heard something negative or a girlfriend would break up with me or I wouldn't make the football team or whatever the case was, that just continued to be negative affirmation that I wasn't good enough. And I'm thankful that I was inspired enough in 2013 with this new start to look into coaching and say, you know, my days are gone. I, I'm not, I'm not going to play football. I'm not going to get a college scholarship. I'm not going to be able to even walk on anywhere. And uh, nobody is willing to give me the time of day. I was also learning this in 2013, in 2014, in terms of strength and conditioning, which is what I am today, at least in part. Uh, if you didn't play college football, there's not a whole lot of strength and conditioning coaches that are interested in having you on their staff. Uh, more on that another time. But uh, anyways, what I did see with coaching was if I could get in somewhere, which ended up being at the high school level, what an impact I could have on young boys as they feel rotten about themselves and being 85 pounds or whatever the case is. And so that's what I did. And that was analogous to the arc coming to rest. And even though I didn't think of the name Ararat Physiology for many years later, this was, the big, this was my new beginning taking place in a lifetime. What a wonderful period of time it was. And the tops of the mountains were seen. This was the first time in my life I felt like I could see something worth having. That I could see a new life that wasn't clouded in darkness. And boy, did I have much to learn. And if I still have this podcast or another going in 10 years, I'll look back on today. And I'll say, boy, did I still have a lot to learn. That's part of the fun of life, learning. As long as there's not pain and misery. As long as I'm not continuing to do what I used to and just beat myself up all the time. You know, some of the things that go through my head on a daily basis that may go through your head on a daily basis. If you actually stop and think about it, what are the chances, what are the odds that somebody in your life actually says that to you? I've mentioned this before. There was a philosopher, Seneca, I believe it was, that says we live uh, or we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality. And if your mind's like mine, boy, that statement is true. The things that I think of and the worst case scenarios that I come up with are ridiculous. And how often do they actually come true? Let alone the negative things that I think of myself. How often does somebody actually say that to me? Well, pretty much never. So what's the point of continuing to harbor those negative feelings about myself? You might say that part of that is autonomic and part of sort of the new wiring with the trauma. And I would agree with you to a certain extent. 
But the only way we can rewire is if we're giving ourselves affirmation. I used to say to others that if you give me 25 compliments, it's nothing in the face of all the negativity that I've given myself over the years. Until people weren't very motivated to give me compliments because they thought, why even try? He's just so miserable and he's always going to be miserable. But now today I realize that I'm responsible for my own healing, my own strength, apart from what is given by God. But I have to button up and I have to observe that and be willing to observe that and dedicate into myself. Nobody's going to stop by and pick me up for me. You know, Uh, we have close friends in our lives that'll do a lot for us, but nobody's around you more than you. And you have to do that for yourselves. And I've realized that over the years. And for the second time in my life, I feel like I could see something. I can see something worth having. And so these last 10 years have been wonderful, uh, but I cannot tell you how excited I am about the years to come with my beautiful wife, my two beautiful daughters, all the opportunities that we have with this business and our growing lives. It's, It's something to be so grateful for. And if you're not in a similar position, how can I help you get in that position? How can I help you see the tops of the mountains? How can I help you allow the waters to recede in your life, to get out of that dark situation? It's 100% not worth being in. If it helps, oftentimes I'll think of my deathbed and I'll think about my tombstone and what I want written on it. And it's never that I put in more hours with my employer, that I worked more overtime, I pulled more on-call shifts, that I've been over backwards for that customer and did so in a way that was uncompromising, or that I watched more TV. Just thinking like that helps me get in focus on what truly matters, what legacy do I want to leave And what life do I want to lead each day of this beautiful life that we've been given? And I feel it our calling to help people understand that anatomy is not secular. It's not a secular scientific endeavor. It's not antithesis uh, of, of the Bible. It's not antagonistic to the Bible. It's one with the Bible. Science, whether it's anatomy and physiology or some other subdivision of science, is simply our observation of what God has created. There's so much we don't know. But there's so much that's been created day one that is just sitting there for us to observe. And that's one of the things that I am so excited about in these coming years that I get to help people understand. So whether you're a pastor out of Bible college who doesn't understand much about anatomy and physiology, uh, we can help you. Maybe you're someone that went through a secular institution like I did. And you understand anatomy and physiology really well, but you don't understand how it fits in with the worldview. 
You don't understand how it fits in with the Bible, how they could possibly be related. Both individuals we would love to help. We'd love to help through our website, erroratphysiology.com, where you can find vlog-style articles. We've recently changed to video format instead of written format, largely because I am a presenter, I'm not a writer. We have an associated YouTube channel for that. It's in the beginnings. There's three videos up right now. We're building courses focusing on bare bones anatomy first to be on the website that we're really excited about. It's a brand new website that is going to be published hopefully in the next week. We're able to record this podcast. Maybe this is all you need. Maybe this is motivation enough to continue on. It's a free podcast. We provide it for free um, for that reason. We want to be giving in everything that we do. And I'm one of those subscribers that I, I look for as many free resources as I can get before I pay for something. I just recently joined a 48 days community that costs $48 a month. And come to find out that's just level one. There's multiple levels to it. And it took me a long time to get to level one because I try to do everything for free. So this podcast is going to fulfill that void for those of you that are looking for something for free. If you're looking for something more outside of that, we would love to continue communication with one of the things we do within Error at Physiology. And you can reach out to us, hello at erroratphysiology.com. Or again, just go to the website. You can enter your email on our website and it'll help us keep communications uh, moving forward so that we can help you, motivate you, inspire you, and continue moving forward together. And as we do every single episode, what I'd like to do is I'd like to conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen.